At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome into the manliest show on VSN, The Edge, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel. Got a good show on tap today. Uh, we have reached, I, you know what? I'm not going to say the phrase. We have reached what seems to be the very slow part of the summer. Everybody keeps using the cliche with the animals and the days. It's the very slow part of the summer. The animals. What do you mean? The dog days of summer. Oh. You're, you're a man. You're a writer. You do not uh, enjoy cliches that much, so try not to use it. But we're here. The All-Star break. Well, it's, a, it's the slowest three days of the year. Oh, and the sports calendar is no doubt about it. But it's also, I think, a good time to either A, take a vacation, get away from it. All right, see you. Or B, get all your college football work done so we can get the VCN College Football Betting Guide out next week. You saw me typing away. Okay. I'm finishing up my write-ups. Uh, right now, deadline tomorrow. Uh, yes, College Football Guide is going to be here. We continue to unveil our top 40. We have two teams to unveil today in the Edge Top 40. But we begin with a little bit of baseball. I want to go back to last night, Matt Humans, because we had controversy, controversy yesterday in the Major League Baseball Home Run Derby. Uh, Juan Soto is your winner. Called it. He was interviewed before it. They asked him if he was going to win. He said probably, and he ended up winning the whole thing. But we begin with the first part of this which is one of the first, uh, the first round matchups. I told you. Told you the guy had one in him. Albert Pujols pulls one off against Kyle Schwarber. Did you say it? Yeah, we talked about it. I said, ah, Schwarber, he's got probably one in him. We talked about it yesterday. And okay. you went, oh, and you laughed at me. You scoffed. Uh, but he did have one in him, and he got one. He, he won. He moved on. But that's where the controversy began last night, uh, alleging many uh, that 
ESPN did not count a home run from Kyle Schwarber. And there were so many, Matt, that were demanding their $40 bets at minus 340 back from all of the sports books because Kyle Schwarber was cheated. Rob, you should have had a home run counter. Well, first of all, why is ESPN the official counter of the home runs? Doesn't MLB have somebody out there who's officially counting the homers? I would assume that is the case, yes. I think so. I think what happens is a lot of people laid a pretty big price and were very upset when that very big price went down in the first round. Yeah, in a home run derby contest, I've never laid a price like that, even though I didn't think uh, Pujols had it in him. By the way, one minute into the contest, Pujols had to call timeout. He had one homer, <laughs> and it looked dead. like he was going to get humiliated. Uh, it, was, it was a very smart, strategic timeout by him because then he got in a rhythm after that. If you've ever been in a home run derby, it's all about getting in that rhythm. Once you do it, you can hit seven or eight in a row. Kyle Schwarber never really got into it. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, he's a guy we've seen in the regular season. He can hit a home run almost every day, like he did last summer for uh, three weeks. But Pujols scored the uh, upset there at plus 250, or maybe even a little bit higher for some people. Uh, I don't know about the scoring controversy. I was watching this a little bit, not that closely. Uh, so I read about it last night. I just think MLB's got to have an official uh, scorekeeper for this event, and it's not on ESPN if uh, if it got wrong. I did think, I'm going to say in the finals, yeah, it was Soto against Julio Rodriguez, who, by the way, looked great last night. I think a lot of people didn't know Julio Rodriguez. A lot of people didn't know much about him. I knew he's good. I've watched the Mariners. I've watched him a few times. I, I didn't know he had such power and an effort, effortless swing oh, like he did last round, oh, win over man. Seager, that was incredible. I, I was extremely impressed with Julio Rodriguez, even more so than Juan Soto. But if you go to the finals last night, Soto was allowed a home run like two seconds after the clock expired. Did, do you recall seeing that? Uh, I did, and I think it was because the pitch got off in time. I don't know. He was, the pitcher was still winding up when the clock hit zeros. And they kept I was it. watching. I and said, so it was like pointing. He's like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And they counted it. <laughs> so there's some gray area there and how, this, um, so how the rules are enforced and how things are counted. But, you know, if you're going to bet on an event like this, you have to know that going into it. Yeah, well, and that's the it's thing. not the first time we've had a little bit of controversy in the home run derby. Well, it seems every year we have controversy in the home run derby to a certain extent, right? I mean, for example, the rule is technically that you're not allowed to pitch again until the first ball lands. Right. And yet we see these guys all the time. Just come on, let's go, keep going, keep going. Certain guys actually follow the rules to their detriment and they lose. Right. Uh, you know, yesterday we saw that. I think it was actually um, uh, Julio Rodriguez's pitcher who was following the rules. Pretty, you know, pretty blatant in terms of his timing, waiting for the balls to land. That kind of worked against him. You have that every year. There is part of the conversation where it goes, okay, look. If Major League Baseball is going to be part of this in terms of sports betting, wants to get their fingers into it, if they want people to watch their games and bet on events like this in Major League Baseball home run derbies, you as Major League Baseball do have to clean it up to a certain extent. Yeah. You have to tighten up the rules, make sure they're followed. And I get it. Like There's that balance between, well, it's just an all-star event. Yes, but at the same time, you know what goes on, and this should be a little, a little better when it comes to following the rules that you set forth for some of your players. There's no question about it. And especially uh, Rob Manfred, if you're going to be – bold enough to come to Las Vegas like he did a couple years ago and uh, have meetings with sportsbook directors and casinos and say that you want MLB deserves a cut of everything that's bet on its sport. And uh, the sportsbook directors in turn, uh, all the people I talked to laughed at him, said, get the hell out of here. There's no chance that's going to happen. But Manfred's a buffoon. Some people in baseball call him Manfraud. And uh, he, he is, I think, probably the worst commissioner in sports 
as we uh, sit here today. But if you're going to ask sportsbooks for a cut of the action, you have to regulate your games. You have to make sure that things like this go off without any uh, funny business. And the Home Run Derby, unfortunately, every year we're talking about something like this. I think it was Bryce Harper a couple years ago when his dad, Ron, was pitching to him. And the balls are still in the air, and he's he's throwing yep. the next pitch. Yep. And you're supposed to, like you said, you're supposed to wait till the ball lands, and Harper won that home run derby. Sometimes with Harper, they were still on their upward trajectory, and yeah. the other pitch was already going. He was telling them to hurry up. So I like look. I think there is there's there's two sides to that. There's the baseball side, and then there's us as the betters, where you do have to realize the market you are betting into, the event you are betting on, and clearly now over the last few years since it's become available, we know what this event is, and we know these uh, rules are not exactly airtight. So. Well, it's true in other sports, too. If you're going to bet boxing, if you're going to bet UFC, sometimes you're going to leave your decision, your wagering decision, up to the judges. And right. the judges are going to make bad decisions. Oh, yeah. You've seen that a lot of times in boxing. We've seen a lot of times Old days in, in the UFC. Brazil, I mean, Santos knows that, too, right? Those Brazilian fights. If there was a Brazilian fighter fighting in Brazil, <laughs> good luck in right. betting against them if it goes down to a decision. Right, right. So it's tightened up, but still. Anyway, with that, we move on. Juan Soto, if he got him 6-1, to 5-1, to one, whatever it was, defeats Julio Rodriguez, wins the home run derby. We do have the All-Star game later tonight. National League, the small favorite, depending on where you shot, minus 115. Total at 7.5, slightly shaded to the over. Uh, run line, if that's your kind of thing. Uh, depending on where you look at in terms of varying prices at minus one and a half for the American League, plus 165, and so on. Uh, are you a all-star game better, especially now that this has become a standalone event, nothing tied to it in terms of home field advantage and whatnot in Major League Baseball? Uh, I used to bet the all-star game occasionally. I have no interest in betting this game tonight. Uh, like I said, I'm just kind of buried in college football work and don't care much about watching this game tonight. But – if I were going to play it, I would play it under the total. Typically, when you can uh, bring new pitchers in, you're talking about all-star level pitchers and a new guy every inning. Right. It's, it's tough to create a lot of offense in a game like this. I don't care what the lineup uh, looks like. In Dodger Stadium, uh, not the not the best hitters park in general. I would uh, I would lean towards the pitchers and lean toward the under, but I'm not going to bet it tonight. Uh, first of all, I think it's it's kind of a joke that Clayton Kershaw is getting the start. For the National League, we know there's a more deserving starting pitcher out there, mm-hmm. and uh, Kershaw is getting the start because it's Dodger Stadium, and it's uh, that's the theme they want to promote tonight is uh, Kershaw on, in his home stadium. Shane McClanahan for the Rays right now is an even money favorite to win the Cy Young in the American League. He deserves the start, deservedly so. Yeah, and yeah, I'm not saying Kershaw is going to go out there and get hammered, but Sandy Alcantara, yeah, should be the starting pitcher. Of course, he should. But, you know, it's like the same thing when you see in the, the NBA um, All-Star Weekend. Usually you get home court as some guy is going to be there for you, right, representing the home court or the home team. Uh, maybe not necessarily deserving of it, but generally you want to see a guy out there. So uh, that is usually the case, and we see it here with Clayton Kershaw. You see the American League starting lineups too, by the way, uh, and National League starting lineups uh, from there. I mean, I'm with you. I think it's kind of a crapshoot. Uh, there was one year where I took it kind of seriously and looking at all the guys and the numbers and like at the end of the day. Uh, it is an American. Or excuse me, it's an all-star game where anything can happen, especially with so many moving parts. So you also how, how you feel uh, about the new rule if the game's tied after uh, nine? I mean, I guess it's kind of cool, right? It gives you something. I don't think it, I said this earlier today on Lombardi Line. It's an all-star game. Do you necessarily need a winner? Like if it's tied at nine, can't you just like wrap it up and go home? You got to decide the bets. I, I guess that's a good point. I mean, <laughs> yes, but at the same time, they're not beholden to that. They can do whatever I they know. want. Well, here's my question, and maybe uh-huh. you know this, talking to bookmakers. Let's say it's a tied game after nine, and they go to the home run derby. 
winner, is that just like a run tacked on? How does that handle from a totals perspective? If you're sitting on like, right, 4-4 four, four or whatever it is, right, but you know, if you get a run added on, does that actually count? Well, if they're going to call the final, official final score five to four, yes, yeah. if that's the way they're going to score it. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there, has there been an announcement or a determination been, about that yeah. uh, from MLB because it's up to MLB to score uh, to announce how the scoring is going to be made. That whoever wins the mini home run derby contest at the end gets one run and wins the game five to four. Can you imagine if? if uh, <laughs> yes, they, I can imagine. Can you always coming down to that tonight. They, well, yeah. no, no. I was going to say because Major League Baseball, just the way they run these All Star events, because the rules are just so airtight. If they just go, ah, you know what? However many home runs you guys have, that's, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to tack those runs onto your score. Its final score is <laughs> seventeen to fifteen. Right? Yeah, <laughs> something, something ridiculous. Uh, I would not be surprised if that is the case. Also available, as uh, we discussed earlier today, and I know that Will Hill uh, has a couple of long shot wagers here, but you can also bet on the um, All Star Game MVP. Shohei Otani, the favorite over at least one market DraftKings to win the uh, All-Star Game MVP. All-Star Game MVP? Yeah. So, All right. Good luck with that. I think Shohei's going to be on the cover of Point Spread Weekly this week. I wrote a column about no, him this morning. To him. Talked to a few people. Actually, the cover jinx has been dead for a long time. Okay, good. Okay, thank yeah. you. So, obviously, you haven't been paying attention. That, that jinx died like four months ago. I mean, I don't know why you got to take that shot. I, I always pay attention. <laughs> I just don't pay attention to the uh, We can just act cover. like it was some sort of ah, jinx. All right. Um, we stopped talking about that in February. Speaking of Shohei Otani, uh, the odds-on favorite in some spots to win the American League MVP. Not just the All-Star game, but the odds-on favorite. Well, it was minus 175 at the Westgate, minus 115 at DraftKings. Wow. Minus 175, huh? That's strong. Really strong. Too right. much. Probably too much. Yes, I would agree with that. Deserves to be the favorite, but maybe not by that price. When we come back, we continue with the Edge Top 40. We unveil our next two teams in the poll. You're going to be shocked. That's who's coming up next. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. 
he says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, the VSIN summer special is here. It's been here for a while. For only $19, you get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Actually, I believe the prorated rate at this point would be like $12 to the end of July. Sign up today and you get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's. Baseball best bets, NFL preseason coverage, and really, I think the most valuable part of it right now would be the college football betting guide, which is going to be out in about a week. If you want the full VSIN experience, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, a live video stream whenever you want it, the cost only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st, vcin.com slash summer. JVT, yesterday we unveiled the Edge college football preseason top 40. Right. Put the video up on Twitter and had over 2,000 views. Does that mean there's a lot of interest in this or not? I think so. Okay. College football is uh, college football sexy. And we're at the time of the year where, frankly, people are getting ready for the sport. And uh, I think we're kind of like past this. Yeah. Whole, look, baseball season, it's still going. Mariners won 14 straight. We're intrigued. But at the same time, eh, it's football season. Teams are reporting to camp. Uh, fall, excuse me, uh, Summer camps are starting, or whatever you want to call them, early mm-hmm. ball camps in college football. So people are ready for it. You know, last night was a brutal night for sports TV. I watched some of the home run derby, but I had to put it on mute because you just can't listen to that right. nonsense over and over. Back, 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 back. Oh, it's a, that one's to the moon. Wes Reynolds had the audacity to ask me if I missed Chris Berman. I was like, oh, no, what are we not doing? at all. Um, but I was trying to find something to watch while I was working in my office last night, okay. and there was – Nothing, absolutely nothing on TV. I end up watching a replay of the Bills Buccaneers <laughs> on NFL, <laughs> on NFL Network. Network. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> figured it was. I yeah. saw that too. Uh, all right. So yesterday, for those who don't remember, number forty in our Edge Top Forty poll, Fresno State checked in as the fortieth best team in the country. Uh, I'm sure they will be uh, hanging banners about that. So we go to our next team here, Matt Humans, and we're going to cover thirty nine and thirty eight today. We start with number thirty nine. We go to the SEC where the South Carolina Gamecocks check in as our 39th-ranked team, coming off a 7-6 and six season in 2021. Um, odds to win the SEC championship, 150-1, to one, a win total of 6, and a conference win total of 3.5. But we'll say, with 14 returning starters, a vast majority of them coming back on offense, there are things to like about South Carolina going into next year. The biggest thing you focus on, though, and we see this a lot with a lot of these teams, the transfer at quarterback, Spencer Rattler is now a Gamecock, comes in, probably puts a little bit of a Band-Aid on a position that was a revolving door last year. And I think that's where the intrigue begins with South Carolina mm-hmm. and Shane Beamer's second year as head coach. Yeah, no matter what you think of Spencer Rattler, it's still a big upgraded quarterback for the Gamecocks. Mm-hmm. Because if you think a year ago, at this time, you and I were laughing about it, but Rattler was the favorite to be the number one pick in the NFL draft at DraftKings. And uh, he was also the Heisman Trophy favorite. 
no, he never had that type of ability. And in fact, he was exposed last year at Oklahoma and eventually benched. But Spencer Rattler still got a lot of talent, mm-hmm. and uh, he, he's got more talent than what South Carolina's had a quarterback in recent years. That's for sure. And I, I like Shane Beamer as coach too. I think he's a really good young coach. And uh, I know some people. I'm going to say inside the uh, ACC and SEC that think South Carolina is going to make a big move on Clemson here in the next uh, few years. Whether or not that happens, who knows? But really? Shane Beamer might be the guy that closed the gap on Dabo Sweeney. He's talking about recruiting, I would assume, too, yeah. as well, and everything yeah. like that. Yeah. Closed the gap in recruiting and actually in the rivalry because it's been a lopsided right. rivalry recently. But South Carolina last year, Beamer's first year, went from 2-8 and eight to 7-6. and six. And uh, that was a great coaching job by him. I think uh, getting Spencer Rattler there at quarterback is going to help tremendously. And the talent level on this roster has been raised a lot. I don't really even want to talk about the SEC championship. That's too early to even mention South Carolina, especially when you're talking about a conference with uh, Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M. Forget it. Uh, That's an unrealistic goal. You don't want to make bets like that. But you can bet South Carolina over its win total. And I think six – is actually a fair number. Overs minus 125. And if, uh, if you look, really South Carolina should win three, at least three, if not four, of its first five games. Georgia State, Charlotte, and South Carolina State are on the schedule. And that's about as weak a non-conference yes. as you can line up. Now, obviously, at Arkansas and Georgia are their, on there, too. You got Their change, conference huh? schedule is really brutal. Conference schedule is brutal. But... They can win some of these games. They can beat Missouri. They can win yep. at Vandy, right? Yep. Uh, I, I don't think seven wins is unrealistic. I think seven might be the ceiling for South Carolina when you look at the schedule. But there's always a chance you could pull an upset and a big upset. Don't forget, last year, Illinois was a 24-point dog at Penn State and right. won. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years, uh, three years ago, Illinois was a 30-point underdog to Wisconsin and pulled that off. You see some big upsets in conference play, and I cite those two because I've been working on the Big Ten right. uh, preview, and I was just kind of reminded of those big upsets that Illinois pulled. South Carolina could do that, especially when you're a well-coached team. I've, I've put the key games on the schedule here as uh, Texas A&M, that's October 22nd, and Tennessee, which is November 19th. Because I think that's the key for the Gamecocks to get over their win total is to pull an upset, JVT, in one of those games. Yeah, and like what I wrote down in my notes here – was the team could be greatly improved, but still struggle to get to like that six seven win mark? Mm-hmm. And like from a maybe an against the spread standpoint, a betting standpoint, this might be a team worth backing because I would agree with everything you're talking. But especially when you look at you talk about the talent upgrade overall receiving core, you got three of your top four back. They bring in Austin Stogner from OU, an FCS All American. I think it's Antoine Wells among others. So you get all of that back. Uh, the offensive line. This is always the question when you bring back returning production. Like the offensive line stunk last year, mm-hmm. and they bring back all five guys. So does that mean these guys are going to get better or is it going to be the same poor offensive line play that we saw from a season ago? That's the question. For me, I just when I was looking at the win total, map and we talk about the schedule, road games against Arkansas, Kentucky, Florida, and Clemson on top of having to host Georgia, Texas A&M, and Tennessee, yeah. those are really tough. You might be able to cover some of those, but like you said, among those games, you have to pull an upset to get to that 6-7 win mark if you're going to be able to get there. And they will. I think the Gamecocks yeah. will pull an upset or two. So that's why I'd be somewhat optimistic about getting over that win total of six, or at least getting to six, so you would push on that at worst. I would be surprised if South Carolina does not win six. Yeah. Uh, really, when 
even though you, you look at the schedule and you play that win-loss game, you mark down a win here, a loss there, there's going to be surprises. I, I, I think South Carolina is going to pull an upset or two. And uh, I'm going to be interested to see how much different Spencer Rattler looks in this offense because I do think he's not as bad as he looked at Oklahoma right. at times last year because some of that was in his head, and I think he got psyched out. And obviously the fans and everybody were attacking him. And as a player – I think that makes you a little bit insecure, makes you second-guess everything. and uh, There's something to be said of lowered expectations, right? Less pressure. Like nobody, that's like true, too. Said, that's some, true nobody's too. expecting South Carolina to come in and win you know, 10, 11 games and compete for an SEC title. Come in, show improvement, and grow with this roster around you, and then maybe you know, next year push for like that winning season, nine wins, whatever it is, right. show some improvement. Change of scenery, more confidence. Spencer Rattler still could have some really good football ahead of him. But I, I think this is a really intriguing team. Uh, number 39 on our Where'd list, South Carolina. Actually, I, I forgot the uh, chart. I'll look it up. I've got uh, a notebook and a file. With I all of our I rankings. I kept all it? the rankings yeah. on, so I did not I'll rank them. That. I did not rank them in the top four. I think I had South Carolina in the mid 30s. Okay. Yeah, there was a couple of teams. Like there were some. Once we got the final poll, and w- once I put stuff together, uh, there are teams that I was like, ah, you know, maybe I ranked them too high, or maybe I ranked them a little too low. And I think looking at South Carolina's upgrades. Uh, there was a potential that maybe they should have been in my top 40. Just maybe. Well, I, I think so. But like you said, it's a, uh, it's a difficult schedule. And uh, South Carolina is going to be, I think, up against it in terms of trying to get trying to top last year's 7-6 and six record. But I do think the future is bright for this uh, program. Let's take a look back because we don't have time to hit on number 38 yet. We'll do that in the next segment, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, number 40, Fresno State. And I know you're working on the Mountain West Conference uh, for the VSIN College Football Betting Guide. Fresno is my pick to win that conference. I've got Air Force number two and Boise number three. The more work you do on that league, is Boise better than we think or not? Because I think that's a program on decline. Uh, I would agree with that as well. I think you kind of saw the signs of it last year. Uh, And, you know, the thing is, too, is this Boise State has been a program for a while that got rock-solid quarterback play. It's one of the biggest question marks, I think, coming into this year. You know, Hank Bachmeyer, for example, you're expecting a little bit more showing in flashes, but still not very consistent. The depth, I think, is somewhat questionable for Boise State, too. I think they're strong at a lot of positions, but the way that college football has evolved, it's just like football, man. If you don't have a strong quarterback, then things tend to kind of fall apart around the program, and oh, that yeah. has kind of been the downfall for Boise State the last few years, you know? That's why they haven't been as strong. So I mean, you look at the teams that we're talking about at the top of that conference, specifically Fresno State, Arguably the best quarterback on the West Coast, not even in the conference, and Jake Hayner, and that makes a massive difference. And I think that's why I'm a little down on Boise State as well. As down as he can be for what looks to be the third best team in the conference. Put it that way. 36 is where I rank South Carolina. Okay, like it. All right, well, you said it. On the other side, we unveil our 38th ranked team in the Edge Top 40. I'll give you a hint. It's in the conference that Matt Humans is working on, the Big Ten. Got some new faces, some returning faces, and maybe some good expectations for this team. We'll discuss that and much more when we return. We have a lot to get to, too. Maybe we talk a little NFL because uh, we hit on some topics earlier on the Lombardi line. And one of the things that I hit on um, on Sunday also came up. And I got to tell you, Matt, there's a team out there and a quarterback out there that you have not believed in. It's got a pretty good season, I think, on the horizon in 2022 in the National Football. Talking about the Browns? No, no, not talking about the Browns. Tell you who that is in 15 <laughs> minutes. This is The Edge on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
tonight, baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season in our weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of 62500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter 21 and older only terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details and drink responsibly. That's right. DraftKings.com. All right. The Edge College Football Preseason Top 40. For those who don't know, we had four voters on the panel. JVT, me, Adam Burke of East Sen, and Paul Stone. And we totaled up the uh, votes, and this is what we've got. Number 44, Air Force. Number 43, UCF. Number 42, Nebraska. Number 41, Florida State. That's in the also receiving votes category. OLI, outside looking in. Yep. Number 40, Fresno State. Number 39, South Carolina. And now we get to number 38, Minnesota. The Golden Gophers. Golden Gophers, JVT, came in at number 40 on my rankings. Adam, 36th. Okay. Um, coming off a 9-4 year, won six games in conference 2021. Um, go through some of the odds, betting stuff. 28-1 to, to win the Big Ten. Not sure they're a real threat to do that. Win total of 7.5, shaded to the under at minus 120. These numbers courtesy of DraftKings. Big Ted uh, conference win total of 4.5, shaded to the over at minus 130. So I think you start with, as you usually do with these teams, offense. But really it's because they have a pretty interesting thing going on at quarterback. Tanner Morgan is mm-hmm. still there for Minnesota. But – he, in the last two seasons, Matt, has looked nowhere near the guy that played for them in 2019. For those who don't remember, 2019 completed 66% of his passes, passed for just over 3,200 yards, averaged 10.2 yards per attempt, 30 touchdowns to seven interceptions. But the last two years, one of them is a COVID year. We'll keep that in mind. But still, last two seasons, 59% completion, 3,400 yards combined, 7.9 yards per attempt, 17 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. So this has been a completely different guy the last two seasons for Minnesota. The positive for him, Kirk Shiraka comes back to run the offense. He was his offensive coordinator back in 2019, so mm-hmm. that's a positive. Should help bring him back to form. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim is back from injury as well. Three of their top five rushers from 2021. So it would seem that there are some positives here for Minnesota for this offense to kind of take a step forward because their defense was really solid last year. It was their offense that was lacking and ultimately held them back. Well, no question about it. I think the running back injuries were the biggest problem for Minnesota last year. When you lose your top three guys like that, yeah, it's going to put a lot of pressure on all areas of the offense. Tanner Morgan, I think, should be one of the Big Ten's top quarterbacks this season. Last year, 10 TDs, nine picks. Minnesota was kind of out of sync offensively all season since Ibrahim went down in that season opener against Ohio State. A lot of people forget he rushed for 163 yards in that game against the Buckeyes before the injury. He's done for the season at that point. Minnesota goes through a couple more backs, still managed to score 20 more points or more, 20 points or more in eight of nine uh, conference games. I think uh, the offensive line is going to be a bit of a question mark uh, for Minnesota. Last year, I thought that was uh, a physically imposing offensive line, and that's one thing P.J. Fleck has done well, I think, is – recruit and coach up the offensive lines. The thing about Tanner Morgan here, he's going to have a chance to get off to a hot start. Talk about confidence with quarterbacks. If you look at the schedule, three consecutive home games against soft defenses, New Mexico State, Western Illinois, and Colorado in September. And you've got plenty of talent now at the running back position. Ibrahim, Trey Potts, Bryce Williams. 
I think there's a lot of potential for this Minnesota offense to be a lot better this season. Yeah, and you see, for me, the one worry was, one, if Morgan, it's not an automatic, right, that your offense coordinator from 2019 comes back and then everything gets fixed. Uh, but also, to your point, that was the one thing I had circled, the offensive line. Uh, you have John Michael Schmitz at center. He's their best offensive lineman, arguably all-conference type of guy. But they do bring in transfers from Michigan and Notre Dame to try to plug some of these holes. So you would think that maybe that does help, but that's kind of the question is can you rebuild this offensive line, which is missing four guys uh, from last year? And the other part of it, too, is the flip side, which I mentioned defensively, this is a really good defense last year. Remember, like from a running game standpoint, only 98 yards per game allowed, 3.4 yeah. yards per carry. But you talk about rebuilding units, three starters gone from their defensive line. Two of them are drafted, by the way, second and third rounds. Yep. So that's a lot of talent that are not there. Three rotational dudes are out of this lineup, too. And now you're bringing in like transfers from Houston Baptist, Clemson, Vanderbilt, try to rebuild this whole thing defensively. I like the back end. Like I think their linebackers are going to be pretty good. I think their secondaries are pretty good. Their secondary is pretty good. But if your defensive line is going to be a little bit of a weakness, that's going to be a question for you to be able to replicate some of those defensive numbers. Minnesota ranked ninth in the nation in scoring defense. Yeah. I think that surprised a lot of people. 18.3 points per game, six starters back. Less than five yards per play. Really good. Only two Big Ten opponents scored more than 23 points against the Gophers, Ohio State and Iowa, believe it or not. Uh, I think this team has had a lot of NFL talent on both lines. Boye Mafe is going to be missed. Yes. Second round pick by the Seahawks. Uh, Edge rusher. He's going to be missed, but I, I still think there's plenty of talent on here for this to be, let's say, a, a top half, a defensive ranks in the top half of the Big Ten. Uh, P.J. Flex, a, lot of guy, a guy who rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but I think you have to respect what he's done here. 11-2 and two in 2019, 9-4 last year, a bowl win both times. Uh, he's really uh, made this program – Three winning seasons, right? So Yeah, a consistent threat to win the Big Ten West. Mm -hmm. And last year, I thought Minnesota, if one team was going to knock off Wisconsin and win the Big Ten West, I thought it was going to be Minnesota because 20 starters came back last year. Well, that sort of happened. Uh, Iowa actually won the Big Ten West. Yeah. There was a three-way tie for second with Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Purdue. But the Gophers knocked the Badgers out of that top spot when they beat them 23-13 to in the regular season finale. And uh, that was a big win for P.J. Fleck. I think when you look at it, getting over the hump against Iowa is going to be a big deal for this team, too. P.J. Fleck's 0-5 against the Hawkeyes. Wow. I yeah. know that. He's actually 4-1 against Jeff Brom and Purdue, but he has not had the success against Iowa. Those are kind of quirks that are, are a little bit difficult to explain. But the Gophers host the Hawkeyes on November 19th. And I think that's a game that's uh, going to be very meaningful to both sides. Well, and for a win total standpoint, so this is what I wanted to ask you as you're doing the Big Ten Conference. Uh, like I, Some of these spots that have kind of circled as like potential coin flip spots, right? And this also all depends on Tanner Morgan, this offense, and the way that it develops as the season goes along. That's why I didn't have a strong opinion on the win total because you look at games like you know Purdue, uh, Illinois, Rutgers potentially, Nebraska, who was what were the 42nd honor poll, whatever it was. Um, those are games which – like, I'm not sure how to gauge competition. I would assume that those are point spreads well within a touchdown, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe even near a field goal. And those are going to be some spots where if this is kind of the same team from last year, those are perfectly losable spots. They're winnable yeah. games, oh, yeah. but they're going to be coin flip situations that they need to get the best of if they're going to go over their win total. Like, I thought seven and a half was, on the surface, a little strong for me when it came to Minnesota. Yeah, it's going to be a 3-0 and start. But right. like you said, after that, you do have a lot of coin flip games. And the road schedule in the Big Ten for the Gophers – is actually pretty challenging. Right. Um, Penn State, Minnesota, or excuse me, Penn State, Nebraska, Wisconsin. 
Michigan State, Michigan State, Illinois. I actually think Illinois is going to be better than a lot of people mm-hmm. think in the Big Ten. And don't forget the Illini beat the Gophers last year, fourteen to six. Yep. So uh, I didn't have a strong opinion on this one. I didn't have a strong opinion on many uh, win totals in the Big Ten West, but I think I had to lean under seven and a half on this one just because they're. Those five games we talked about on the road are going to be tough, and it wouldn't surprise me if the Gophers drop four out of five. I, I don't think this is going to be the team that gets P.J. Fleck to the top of the Big Ten West. I'm not sure the defense is going to be as dominant. I do like a lot of things about the offense. This running game could be – if those guys stay healthy, it could be, be really uh, one, one of the couple – two or three best in the Big Ten. I just think the, the schedule's tricky, especially on the road, and it's a little bit – being a little bit too optimistic to predict an eight-win season for Minnesota when you look at it. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think, look, the market has shaded it to the under at minus 120. I think that's fair. I was actually kind of surprised uh, over it again, DraftKings. So the regular season win total is 7.5, shaded to the under at minus 120. Uh, but their conference win total is 4.5, shaded to the over at minus 130. Um, so, again, talking about where these games might end up, this is going to be pretty interesting how they manage that tricky road schedule. And like you said, you come back home, uh, these are winnable games, but it's not exactly games that you're going to circle when you go down and you go win, loss, win, loss. You have a tough time circling some of these and projecting yeah. them as wins. Yeah, it's. I think when when I went through the the schedule, I came up with seven wins for Minnesota. Right, six and six not going to surprise me. I think eight and four is just too optimistic. I do because so, really the Big Ten West is a lot more competitive uh, than it has been in some of the recent seasons. I don't even think. Illinois and Northwestern are that bad. Teams at the bottom of that division. And the top five teams, there's not much separating at all the top five. And I think Illinois and I'm with uh, you on Northwestern Illinois. are both going to be a little bit better than people think this year. Well, and that offensive scheme, too, as you all know, Illinois, they, there's, a, there's a quick learning curve there. And it's just a power run game that can, yeah. that can bring people down to your level if you're executing pretty well. So, all right, real, ca- uh, real quick recap. So our top 40, we have unveiled uh, the – Bottom three teams, I guess we'll call them. Fresno State checking in at number 40, number 39, South Carolina, and number 38, Minnesota. So we have our first three teams unveiled in the Edge Top 40. We continue to unveil these as the days go along and we get closer and closer to the college football season. On the other side, we'll talk a little National Football League. That team that I said, more and more people, like the more analysis and the more stuff I get into with the National Football League and get ready for the season, I'm telling you, people believe. And uh, I'll give it away with this hint, Matt, and you're going to laugh the second I say it. But that team that I'm discussing, that might be a lot better than you think it is, it resides in the same state as our 38th-ranked team in the Edge Top 40. <laughs> okay. We'll discuss that more when we come back. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to the segment of The Edge presented by Zinn Nicotine Pouches. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there isn't one right time to make a change. Everyone's timeline is a little different. Everyone's on their own journey. But whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn will be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's E-Y-N.com. Warning. Product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. JVT, we got a text message from Paul Stone, one of the voters on the uh, Edge College Football preseason top 40 panel. Okay. What do we got? He says, do you know if any sports book in Vegas has regular season win totals on all 131 FBS teams? Do you know the answer? The answer is yes. Yeah. The Westgate Superbook went up Sunday with all teams in college football. All the win totals are up. So check it out on the app. Or stop by the book. Now, DraftKings, I believe, has every team up. Every team. They might, also have conference wins. Might not be up. able to put Rutgers up. Yeah, I think they're they're not in New they're Jersey, might. they're not allowed to put like Jersey schools. Yeah, there's a couple a couple teams I thought were missing from the chart on DraftKings, but pretty much every team's up at DraftKings. Right. And uh, I, I think, think by market. Circa's got maybe forty or fifty win totals up, but the the Westgate Superbook did go up with every college football win total. Ed Salmons put those up Sunday afternoon. Cool. Check those out. All right, so I teased this, and uh, I got to tell you, Matt, <clears throat> hope you're ready. Because last year, uh-huh. one of the most statistically dominant quarterbacks in the National Football Kirk League. Kirk Cousins. Yep. Has a new coach in Kevin O'Connell, an offense that is looking like it's ready to take off. And I got to tell you, I like this Vikings team, man. I think they're a lot better than the mark has given them credit for. In fact... I think they might give the Packers a run for the money in their NFC North. Mm-hmm. Given the fact that, look, Packers defense is really, really good. Don't get me wrong. I think that's like the best unit by far. Bunch of unknowns at wide receiver. They still have the best quarterback in the conference, arguably, in Aaron Rodgers. But when you look at what this offense can do, 
There is no uber-conservative head coach that could help them blow games anymore in Mike Zimmer. Now you get a forward-thinking, offensive-minded guy in Kevin O'Connell. I'm actually really intrigued by what the Minnesota Vikings have to offer here into this coming 2022 season. Dare I say, a potential NFC North champion on the horizon. Well, we did a, uh, a segment here a couple months ago where I talked about three teams in the NFC I thought were undervalued. And the Vikings were one, the Eagles were one. Do you recall that? I, I think recall. at that time you were on board with the Vikings. So, yeah, I, I agree with this as well. But I always have to temper my enthusiasm when I look at the Vikings. And you look at Kirk Cousins. Don't, don't do this. You look at his stats. 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Look at his passing stats. accuracy, the fact he doesn't turn the ball over. Everything looks so good with Kirk Cousins when you look at the profile. And then you go back and you watch a game. I watched this about three weeks ago, the Cowboys-Vikings game. <laughs> it's a painful memory. I don't think Kirk Cousins could have played any worse in that game than he did. The Cowboys, I don't think I could have gotten a more awesome number on that game. You and I both yeah. were sitting there watching that as part of opening lines, and we're watching them just fart it away. Cowboys went in there with a backup quarterback. Uh, they seemed like they were backed against the wall. The Vikings had everything in their favor, and Kirk Cousins played a horrible game. And that's the type of stuff he's got to get over uh, to get over the hump and get to the next level. He's still a guy with one, what's he got one playoff win in his career. Uh, that game, was that was a costly loss for the Vikings last year. That was one they had to win at home against the Cowboys, and he had nothing. And also remember our favorite stat uh, of last year, first team in NFL history to, uh, in the first 11 games, lead by seven or more points and post a losing record. They were 5-6 yep. and six, despite having a lead of seven or more points in every single one of the first 11 games. There so were spots in that it. game where the Vikings, Cousins, they had a chance to step on their throat and put the Cowboys away, and they didn't do it. And he's got to be a closer, and that's one thing he hasn't been. And that's why I, I try not to get too excited about the Vikings, but I like this team as well. I think you just have to you know, curb your enthusiasm. I get it. Okay. All right, speaking of the uh, Cowboys, NFC East is not what we're talking about. I don't know why I did that. NFC West, that's what we were going to discuss here. I actually did an NFC West preview on our first betting uh, football betting guide on Sunday. Sorry, it's a new show. i got to remember. Uh, so – Let's do it this way. Rams, 49ers, Cardinals, Seahawks, in that order to win the division, depending on where you shop. Uh, that is, of course, at multiple shops. The odds vary depending on where you look. Um, I'm going to ask you this, Matt. To me, this division, in terms of how competitive it's going to be, hinges on one team, and that would be San Francisco, Trey Lance, and how good he's going to be. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think that much of the Cardinals, especially DeAndre Hopkins missing the first six games due to suspension, and Kyler Murray has a tendency, as do the Cardinals, to fade as the season goes along. If the 49ers are going to be average at best with Trey Lance, and we saw two starts and three games from him, it wasn't that great last year, I think the Rams are pretty like far ahead of the rest of the pack here in the NFC West if Trey Lance does not develop like people expect him to. Uh, he could, they, they could be. The Rams could be head and shoulders above the rest. I, Trey Lance is still a mystery man to me. There were times last season I said, well, you can see his athletic ability. Uh, he's got some potential, but, man, he was so raw. He just didn't know how to put any touch on his passes. He wasn't reading defenses properly. I think he's still got a long way to go. Uh, he's just kind of kind of a raw athlete at the quarterback position. Uh, can Shanahan coach him up? I'm not sure it's going to happen this year. He's probably still a year away. Uh, the Rams are an intriguing case to me. I don't know how they continue to make everybody on their team the highest-paid player in the league at his position. What happened to the salary cap? Well, see, here's the thing. So, actually, I talked about this on Sunday. <laughs> they just keep paying everybody, and uh, their, their depth 
has got to be, uh, I, I think, compromised at some point where if the Rams sustain injuries or cluster injuries, it's got to show up at some point, doesn't it? Well, I think it does, right? Like, if you actually look at their depth chart, you and I actually, I think, talked about this on the show a couple of days ago. Wide receiver, for example, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, and then Van Jefferson and mm-hmm. a bunch of people that we don't really know, like Tyler Higby, you're expecting to play a really big role for you at tight end. Edge rusher, for example. I don't think they have almost anything at edge rusher. Leonard Floyd is their best guy. But then outside of that, you're really hoping that a couple of dudes step up or that Aaron Donald can really put forth something that he's going to take a lot of the pressure on with his interior. But I think that's what you're looking at. And, like, while they have really good guys at key positions, Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner, Aaron Donald, that's all across the defense. When, to your point, when you look at the depth overall, you have to rebuild your offensive line. You're expecting a third-round rookie to come in and mm-hmm. start for you. I think that's where you start to see the perils of paying guys so much money. Like one injury to your wide receiving court, you might be in a pretty tough spot, especially if it's Cooper Cup. One one injury to a Leonard Floyd, all of a sudden your edge rushers are you're looking around, you're like, who the hell is the guy who's going to come off the edge for us? And I think that's kind of the dangers of what you're talking about there when you're paying so much money to these guys at the top. I kind of felt like last year at the towards the end of the season, the Rams were pulling running backs off the street. Well, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. Which yep. you can kind of do that at that position and get away with it sometimes. Uh, the Cardinals, it, it does feel like a house of cards, doesn't it? Yes. Because. There's obviously some friction in the relationship between Kyler Murray and the uh, the front office, and and Murray, frankly, just might be uh, acting like a spoiled brat. I'm not sure. I don't want to. Don't know all the inside <clears throat> information on the story, but he sure comes off that way. Uh, all the stuff you read, and you wonder, um, you know, have defenses kind of figured him out a little bit too? The more you see him, because he was obviously less effective. Don't forget, halfway through last season. The Cardinals were power rated by a lot of people as the number one team in the NFL, and Murray was the MVP favorite. Right. But that faded fast in the second half, and that ankle injury he had played a big role in it. When you look at the bottom, the Seahawks, I think, are kind of hopeless. It's a rebuilding project, at least a couple years away. And who's going to be your quarterback? Drew Locke. Is he going to be the answer? If the Seahawks get Jimmy Garoppolo, does your opinion on them change? Not that much. Really yeah, doesn't. We, I really played doesn't, a clip the other day. It really doesn't change that Yeah, Michael that Lombardi much. was talking about Jimmy G maybe being released before training camp uh-huh. if the 49ers don't have an option, thus opening the door for a team like Seattle to sign them or something like that. I would agree with you. I think some of the turnover numbers for Jimmy Garoppolo and whatnot, it, I don't know if he really moves the needle in terms of adjusting a team's win total or their odds you know, to go over or under that win if total. If you replace Drew Locke with Jimmy G, I was going to ask you this, would you move the Seahawks' win total a full win? No. You'd probably move it a half win and a little bit of juice. Correct. I would say so. And even then, I mean, and here's the interesting part about this division, going through like Steve Mackinan's projected win totals. So one of my favorite win total bets for the year is under on the 10 for the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Uh, the other, though, uh, by Mackinac's projections, there's only one guy, but I, I like what Mackinac does. He actually projected as one of the more valuable win totals betting Seahawks over by his projections. Uh-huh. So I'm, the Seahawks will say this. They want to win, and their message coming out of tra- like all of these like from media availability everything is they believe their roster is good enough to be better than the expectations of the masses. So we'll see if that's well, going to be the case. I, I don't disagree with the theory about betting low win totals over in right. the NFL because a lot of people – tend to see the same thing. Oh, this team sucks. Going to play under the win total. Look, look at the Seahawks' schedule. They've got the Falcons, the Lions. I think the Jets are actually going to be better. But there are plenty of uh, winnable games on there for the Seahawks. You talk about Raiders at home, Panthers. A win total of five and a half. Doesn't take a lot to get over that type of number. It's probably not going to be my best bet, but I really don't disagree with it. Well, it's the NFL. 
Like the upsets are few and far between. It's not like college football, right? Teams aren't going to go out there catching 20 points or something like that. And there's a lot of parity in this league. So, yeah, I, but for me, the top win total is San Francisco uh, under, under that 10. Really think it's really high. It, that's, you know what that is? That's Kyle Shanahan. Like that win total is Kyle Shanahan in the thought that he's going to be able to max, maximize everything on that roster. Speaking of win totals, I've got eight best bets in college football we're going to get to on tomorrow's show. Ooh, can't wait. All right, well, speaking of, we'll see you tomorrow. We're all done here on TheEdgeVSIN.com where you want to go to check out any part of the show that you missed out on at any part of your favorite show. We'll see you at 1 p.m. Pacific time on Yana. My guys in the desert coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.